1: Alright, how we doing higher side chatters from sunny San Diego? I'm your humble host Greg Carlwood just trying to stay afloat in these rough waters we call the modern day reality. It seems from every sector of civilization we see some sort of attack on the people, a medical system that makes us sick, an education system that drills home obedience, a financial system crafted to put us all in debt, and an entertainment industry built for mind control. It's truly everywhere you look. We even have a plumbing system that's closer to a delivery method for poison rather than the best the West can do. Some people chalk all this up to incompetence or neglect, while some don't even see it at all. I think I share the views of today's guest K.J. Osborne that this is no accident, but instead a long-standing plan to slowly squeeze the last remaining drops of juice from the people And to take it up a notch, prepare the landscape and the human vessel for an occult agenda that might stretch back as far as we know. Call it the old plan for the new man, if you will, but it's clear the needles on reality's pressure valves are all firmly in the red. As for our guest, you might know KJ from his wildly popular YouTube documentary, The Scariest Movie Ever Made, which came out nearly eight years ago at this point but worked as a compilation of clips and images that came together to make the case that something is very wrong. He now operates a YouTube channel under the same name, The Scariest Movie Ever, clocking in with half a million subscribers where he has hundreds of hours of content and more videos than I can even try to count. So let's get into it. The great revealer of occult agendas, the conspiracy case cracking Christian, and breaker-downer of the beast system itself. KJ, welcome to the higher side. Wow, thanks so much, Greg, man. That's a great introduction. I'm sitting here with my jaw on the ground. Ah, uh, thank you. Too kind. <laughs> thanks, though, man. I'm good. Yeah, this is going to be a lot of fun. You you might seem like an odd choice of guest for some of the listeners out there, because you do come from that Christian perspective, and that is not really my jam, right. but I know not everyone is with me with that anyway. And what I love about your channel is that most of your videos work to show that some real dark stuff is afoot by using clips and images from the mainstream culture itself. News segments, pop culture images, quotes, headlines. And I really love that because you find some pretty telling clips that I don't see anywhere else and you're using their own words to make your case. You cover the spiritual elements of the conspiracy, the occult and biblical symbolism that is often injected into these things the transhumanist push, elite rituals, and so many other aspects that I do find really compelling. So I thank you for taking the time. Maybe we can start by having you give us an overview of the beast system and your just general perspective, and maybe we can flesh that out for people, because that's the term you use to describe the big conspiracy, and that'll help us get the mental gears warmed up and ready for the weirdness, and also get a feel for how you look at the big picture. Sure, that sounds good, man. So, I mean, as far as the beast system goes, I used to
0: many years ago, I started on YouTube about a decade ago, and you can go back and see my early videos were very basic and very simple. I had been into this research for a couple of years. I'd made, like you said, the scariest movie ever made when I was in Los Angeles, and I had just woken up. You know, I'd moved to LA many years ago after college. I got a degree from a film school. My major is in screenwriting, my minor is in editing. So, first, I moved to New York City for about a year and I worked in the horror kind of area with a magazine called Fangoria. We were working on their website at the time. Hmm. And then I also did some work with Lloyd Kaufman over at Troma Pictures. Huh. I did some, yeah, I actually shot some casting sessions for some of their movies. I worked on one of them called *Poultrygeist*, yeah, <laughs> and I shot for Paco Bell, who was the lead character in *Poultrygeist*. But <laughs> so I got into some kind of weirdo B-movie stuff there for a while. I've always been into horror and science fiction. I was raised on that. I was raised on religion, horror, and science fiction. So <laughs> to this day, my father, who uh, you know, goes to church every Sunday, he still loves the bloodiest, goriest, most insane horror and science fiction films. So. I was already raised on that. Went to film school, got my degree in screenwriting, moved to New York, worked up there for a little while in the horror kind of industry for about a year. Then I moved to Los Angeles after New York. And I was out there for five ish years or so. I was out there for a pretty long time. I wound up working on a lot of reality TV shows. Like that kind of became my thing, at least how I made money. And I eventually got an agent and she shopped a bunch of different TV shows and movie ideas I had. You know, I got meetings at NBC, CBS, Trankus International, who does all the Halloween horror films. I mean, it was interesting. I was really working my way up, you know. And in that process, I mean, I never, you know, had to sacrifice a goat or kill a family member or anything like that. But I was approached by a couple of Freemasons in those years. And this is before I even knew about all this stuff. And they were just in the industry. Both of them were producers. One was at Big Brother, the TV show. And they knew I was a writer. And you know, I started getting to know these guys on set. This is before they told me they were Masons, let them read some of my writing and things like this. And these guys thought I had some talent, but both of them kept trying to get me to look into Freemasonry, which I never did. Hmm. You know, even back then, I was just kind of like, okay, I knew it was kind of like a religious thing. I stopped going to church a long time ago. You know, again, I am. And even with that, I try to call myself more a follower of Christ than a Christian. That's just because that term has been so abused you know and there's so many people that call themselves that that i don't want to associate with you know and that's just you know unfortunately that's where we're at right now you know Mm -hmm. so i finally i had a cousin who rest in peace just died a few years ago he's a musician and he lived in chinatown and i went and stayed with him for a couple weeks at the time i was working a graveyard shift and then john was gone you know whenever i was up so I, i was kind of all alone for a couple of weeks. And before this time, this is in Los Angeles, I've been out in LA about five years. Now at this point, I'd gotten out of television because I just went to working full-time on scripts and stuff and I was trying to get these things sold or optioned. So I started working a different job to make some money. I was working for a security company and they made me a manager because I'm an ex-military person and I used to do military law enforcement and also medical. So they made me a manager. I worked a graveyard shift out in Los Angeles, covering the entire area from up there near Pasadena all the way down to Long Beach. So I went a really long way right? had a lot yeah. of companies I'd follow and check on. And those were good times. You know, I just basically playing hide and seek, you know, with my guards trying to catch them sleeping and stuff. But I was doing a lot of writing back then, et cetera. So I'm staying at John's house. I'd never had any social media, never had Facebook or anything like that. Went online, started looking at YouTube. And I wound up finding that video that so many of us have seen now from Alex Jones, where he, you know, allegedly infiltrated the Bohemian Grove and filmed that footage. And that stuff had my jaw on the freaking ground, man. Like, I was mm-hmm. like, what? Because, I mean, for years, years, again, I'm ex military. I was like, George Bush is a good Christian man. He's leading our country for God, you know? Believe me, I was that dumb. And, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I was really that brainwashed. So when I found out that the Bushes were a part of this, and then I, started finding all the other stuff, all these other political leaders and leaders of industry are going out to these meetings and doing mock as far as we know, human sacrifices. And then you find the kitty escort ring that was connected to that as well. Mm -hmm. The whole Barbara Bush possibly being Crowley's daughter. I mean, like really, I mean, I just, so man, honestly, at that point, again, I was always a very spiritual person. I've always followed Christ. I've always loved God. But I've never felt at home in religion or churches. That's just me. You know, it's no offense to those that do, but I, that's the way I am. So I've always talked to God. I don't look at it as some big ritual or anything. It's just, he's my best friend, you know. So even then, I remember praying at John's house in Chinatown, middle of the night, no one else there. I'm shocked. My whole reality had just been ripped into shreds. And I said, Father, please, you know, show me everything. I want to know. Everything. I've always been an investigator, is the other thing. Even in you know the military, I did medical. On the side of the military, I got my private detective license. This is on the East Coast. So on the weekends, I would go do that job, which I wasn't supposed to do. I didn't tell my bosses I was doing this, but I was basically following around cheaters and also workers' comp cases. And I just love investigating, right? And in fact, when I left Los Angeles, which is pretty close to this time well, first let me just get to this. I said, please show me everything. So I went on a tear, man. I mean, I'm talking rabbit hole with hooks in my hands, ripping through it, shredding through it, looking at everything. And I just went crazy with it, man. Like I couldn't get enough. So that's when I made the scariest movie ever made. I kept finding stuff every day. I was like, people need to know about this. You know, why aren't more people talking about this? You know? So I got into all of it, man, all of it, you know, reptilian, to, you know, whatever, man. You know, that's where I put the movie together. Even back then, I, I learned to vet out some of the garbage because there's so much garbage in this fringe communities that we dance through, you know, so we have to be careful. But I made the movie and it changed my life. And I left Los Angeles. I left my dream of being in Hollywood because I started realizing what Hollywood was. So I left everything, man. And I moved to, of all places, Austin, Texas because it's closer to my family's home. They're another state that's close to Texas. But I moved back to Austin, Texas. I did door-to-door sales for about six months with a group of like late teen, early 20-year-old dudes and chicks. It was us 10, and I was in my 30s, I think, around that time, early 30s. But we were in a a van and drive to different little towns in Texas and just go door-to-door trying to sell them oil changes. Okay, this is nothing fancy, folks, all right? Believe me, this wasn't a fancy life I was leading. But it was a lot of fun. And this is also still in the time where now I'm really getting into YouTube and really getting into videos. And that's when I made my very first video. It was an advertisement for a Steven Spielberg animated movie called Rin Tin Tin, I think. Right. Mm. Yeah. And like in the front cover of this ad on the TV, it was a little boy literally doing the Freemason shake with an old captain. Right. And I was like, whoa. So I, I had music playing in the background. I looked at my phone. I'm like, whoa, these record, right? Okay. So I turned it on. I pointed my camera at my computer and I go Freemason handshake with this fancy disco music playing in the background. It was actually mm-hmm. a, from the Tron soundtrack. Yeah, it was a Daft Punk from the Tron soundtrack. So I just slowly zoom into my computer screen and I said Freemason handshake, Steven Spielberg or something. And it's still up there. The video is probably has like 5,000 views, but very first video i did man and then that's when it really hit me so this is all in that time i'm doing the door-to-door sales i finally got out of that and i just honestly felt very reckless man back then and i felt like the end was super near like any day now near you know i think Mm -hmm. we all go through that process too in this stuff in fact the five stages of grief was a big part of my awakening in los angeles i remember going through the five stages of grief You know, like you're having to say goodbye to this fabricated reality we all grew up in, man. It's really hard to do. So then I was feeling kind of reckless. I said to hell with it. And I wound up getting my license out there as a bounty hunter. So it's basically I got a new detective license out there, but I worked for Texas bounty hunters out there. And we did it for a couple of years. So while I was chasing people and stuff, my days off, I was making videos. So that's kind of how I got my start into all this. And as far as, you know, why I call it the beast system and everything else, when I first started, again, this is maybe 10 years ago or so on YouTube, you couldn't make a so called Illuminati exposed video and expect hundreds of thousands and millions of views. That just wasn't the reality. And I think you remember that too, right? From those days?
1: Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, it just didn't happen. In fact, the people who really opened my spiritual eyes to symbols and symbolism. It was three channels, and they were all hardcore practicing Muslims, which is interesting. One was called Noriega, the other was Dr. Freemason, and the third was Farhan K-501. Wow. Yeah, and they were like, I mean, oh, Pop Culture Pastor was another one, and he's still around. I don't think he makes the kind of videos anymore, but he was doing exposed symbol videos back then, too. So it was those four guys, mainly the Muslims, you know, because they did a lot of great work. One of them did The Arrivals, which is a whole series on YouTube you can check out if you're interested. It's the Muslim approach to end times as opposed to the Christian. So it's more about the Dejal, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Well, that's one of the things I was going to ask you, because I know you come from this Christian perspective, but it's interesting you brought up the Muslim one as well. It seems like the things that the elite care about, what they put their energy into It's often a hodgepodge from all over, isn't it? We got some mythology over here. We got some of the Muslim end times, some of the Christian end times. Obviously, it seems like they're trying to symbolically make events look like the events in the book of Revelation. So it is quite weird, but they do pull from all over, don't they?
0: Yeah, and that's really the big question. And I see a lot of people raise that question with me as well. You know, are they just acting this stuff out? Is this all the script they wrote for this? Or is it all literally lining up? And I do think it's a bit of a hodgepodge. I think it's a bit of both. You know, I certainly see the truth of it coming out. But then I also understand the mockery. Like with Obama, they would have him riding on a mule in Israel. I remember that one. You know, they had some stuff like this, right? So they try to mimic Christ and mimic things from the Bible at times. But here's the big one. whether You, not just you, but individuals listening, whether you believe in God or Jesus or any of that stuff or not, they do. Like, they get this, all right? They understand it all. It's like I've had people get on me for not being able to quote Bible scripture, but it's like, if you believe, then you understand. Demons can quote scripture. The devil knows Bible scripture. That doesn't impress me so much. You know what I mean? So, you know, they know what's going on. And this is all, I mean, look, man, the Pope, I'm working on a video now, probably call it like the Pope just created a new religion or something like that. But the Pope's working with Islam right now. I mean, it's all just coming out. Islam has been a part of all these secret societies all along as well. I don't see the beast system being just so-called Illuminati. It's multiple secret societies working in unison, literally like a pyramid scheme. And sometimes they work against each other, you know? And this Islam thing even goes back to the Masons. It's all over the Masons. Look at the guys that wear the red fez hats, and they drive around in the cute cars. Oh, the Shriners. Shriners. That red hat, it's got the symbol of Islam on it. And the idea is that it was red because of the blood of Christians. It soaked up so much blood of the Christians, it's red. People can look into this if they're interested. So it is all that. It is a hodgepodge. But here's where the dividing line's coming, my friend. And (laughs) it's going to be on a global scale because we're damn close right now. This whole coexist thing, you know, we've seen it around forever. And I get it. And I love the idea of us all coexisting and getting along. I get that. Hmm. I love all my friends from all the different beliefs. And I obviously, believing how I do, I wish I could twist everyone's arm and make them believe the way I see the world. But I can't do that. You know, (laughs) I can only hopefully spread the seeds you know or whatever but Mm -hmm. but we're about to hit it man because now that the pope's doing this stuff with islam and the dialogue he's using as well about coexisting he literally said we all have to learn to coexist and all this i mean i believe it's getting really close and the big thing about coexist is that all religions can coexist except for one now that's where we're heading and we're getting really close to this stuff It's Jesus, man. I mean, that's the thing. He's the only one out of all of them that, you know, you've got to go through the son to get to the father. That's what we're told, right? As Christians, no other religion tells you to do this. This is what makes it such a loved and also such a hated religion. Hmm. And for a long time now, people have been able to get away with it. And that's fine. But the world's changing really fast right now. I mean, look at the rise of delusion. Look at the rise of hatred, Even in this politics, these political plays, that's fine, but they can't even hide the venom anymore. Like, it's real, you know? I mean, this is hate. Look at the people in the streets, you know, basically wanting to kill each other, tear each other apart, fight each other over this stuff. You wear a red hat out in public with that slogan on it, you're going to get your ass kicked, you know? Mm -hmm. You're you're looking for trouble, you know? So that's where we're at.
1: I hear you. That's absolutely why I'm trying to go to some places That are maybe off my typical beaten path and find people (laughs) who have different views, but still share the same broad conspiratorial perspective, which I think to me is really all I care about. If you see this kind of stuff, then we're on the same team. And just to switch gears a little bit, I mean, you mentioned the times we're in. Well, one recent video you put out that I really wanted to touch on was the Illuminati have a secret message for us in 2019 where you show the head of the International Monetary Fund, giving some strange speech about numerology to the National Press Club a few years back. That alone is weird. But then you go over the front cover of The Economist magazine, which is definitely one of the major avenues of revealing. We've seen previous examples of it. But when you look at this cover, they have The World in 2019, And it's kicking off The Economist's 33rd year, in fact. So that's interesting, too. But what do you see in it that's important? Or what do you try to parse from that?
0: You know, I just put it as another piece of all the puzzles. And also, a lot of times, to decode these things, it takes a while. You know, I mean, I'll find new pieces of this puzzle all the time on these. For the last, what, three or four years, I've done videos on these, trying to decode these covers. Because you're right. It's absolutely, this is one way that they, perform lesser magic. It's where we're all included in the spell, yet most of us don't realize it. And of course, another thing with symbols, and another reason why it's really important to understand the language of symbols, the way I see it is, we're destroying those spells that they're trying to place on us so many times, because the symbols are all about intention. So there's things even on the cover of these magazines, we may not even be able to read. It's the intention behind it, you know, that really matters. And We learned that from a lot of the theosophists, and Alice Bailey talked about this, and Foster Bailey have talked about the power of intention and symbols. Mm -hmm. So that's why, with these movies and TV shows and commercials, you know, why do we keep seeing these same symbols manifest now? The all-seeing eye, right, or the 666 OK sign, and all this other stuff? Well, that's because, and again, this goes back to kind of my belief and where we're at, but I mean, I literally believe the veils are lifting, that reality is shifting. They were beginning to see things for how they really are. You can take another approach to this. You can look at this as, and I'm sure a lot of your guests have, you can look at this as the end of the age of Pisces, and we're going into the age of Aquarius, and that's a part of it as well. And to me, Aquarius is the fifth age of man. It's the V. It's the five. So we see the V symbolism in a lot of things as well. You know, I believe we're in that age now. And that's why we're seeing all the old ways fall apart, you know, like politics. Trump came along. What is this Trump thing? I mean, where did this come from? Right. (laughs) But it's basically exposed both parties clearly now, right? The right and the left. Religions all falling away, right? We're seeing a big falling away from traditional religion. The dynamic of families changing. Now they have people talking about polyamory, right? And all this other wild stuff, and sex dolls, you know, we have things like this. We have the transhumanism movement moving along at the same time that we have the transgender movement. You know, it's in perfect unison, perfect synchronicity, and that's certainly not a coincidence, right? Mm. So it's almost like they're preparing us for a post-human existence. That's one thing I see as well with a lot of the rise of the robots. I had to go to a funeral recently. It's an uncle. I wasn't super close, but still, you know, we wanted to go see him. So we went down there and I was with my mom and dad and on the way they stopped at the McDonald's. Dad went in to get something, walked into the door, came right back out about two minutes later, with nothing in his hands. I was like, What's that all about? I thought you're gonna go in there and get you a sandwich and a coffee or something he said, No. He said they got one of those robots in there. They got one of those machines, I've got to plug it in and I don't know how to use it. I don't wanna use it. And it's like, Okay, well so I guess they had one of those things in the McDonald's where you don't deal with a human, you punch in what you want at this So everything's becoming more robotized. There's a company that makes its own pizzas. It's all robots. That's either in LA or somewhere in Asia. I know there's a big difference there, but I'd read about that. There's a fully automated KFC they put up in Japan. A lot of Amazon, of course, is adding more robots. My point of the matter is this. We know on the Georgia Guidestones, they talk about maintaining humanity under, what, 5 million or 5 billion or something like that. I don't know Mm -hmm. what it was. right? So we know there's something coming. And that's a part of it as well. Eugenics. Look at how they're abortion, right? That's kind of a big deal right now as well. We've moved on beyond abortion into full-on infanticide in this country. So I've also attributed that in many ways to we're still sacrificing children to Moloch and Baal as well, because you can find very interesting connections to witchcraft in Planned Parenthood. So this is just another example of how they're culling humanity, right? So we have this stuff happening as well. And all the other stuff, the chemicals in the water, chemicals in the sky. I mean, humanity is constantly under attack. So You can kind of see it all coming together. Hope I'm not rambling too much. I do that from time to Mm -hmm. time. But I'm hoping you're up with me on this. But that's where I'm seeing it. So in the last few years, as all this stuff has intensified, now we're seeing suddenly more and more of these symbols on everything, right? There's so-called Illuminati symbols. And this is stuff that we've seen for, again, like 10 years or so. In the beginning, when I made my videos, I called everything Illuminati. But as the years have gone by, I started changing it more into the beast system, because now I've even seen that term Illuminati overused. Like I was saying, we started off, it went about making money. You couldn't get a lot of views or popularity from this stuff. You were doing it because you cared, right? And I still mm-hmm. believe I do it because I care. But we have to grow, right? So we grow. But as the years have gone on, now you've got people that can show up on YouTube, drop a bunch of videos on Illuminati this, Illuminati that, make hundreds of thousands of views, millions of views, make a good chunk of change, you know, make some cash. And it's hard to tell who's real and who's not You know, half the time anymore for real. Like, it's become so freaking popular, man. It became an industry. You know, people could just create these channels every day, talk about Illuminati. Every every person that dies out there, oh my gosh, could this be an Illuminati sacrifice, you know, question mark? I mean, and next (laughs) thing you know, you're making dough, dude. You know, they're making good bread. But now that's over. Now we're seeing how YouTube's been attacking that. And we're seeing a lot of those communities die and fall apart. We're losing great channels. We lost one of my favorite channels of all time, The Black Child, a while back from all this stuff as well. So.
1: Yeah, man, it's it's definitely rough. And uh, I remember when Trump got elected just being like, hey, be careful what you wish for because we've always wanted conspiracy to, I don't want to say be more popular, but we want people to wake up to it, which by its nature means you want the message to spread. And here we have elected this guy who's said a few conspiratorial things. Alex Jones is having him on his show and now Alex Jones is in the press corps of the White House. It's like, This is getting a little crazy. This is not exactly what I wanted when I wanted (laughs) conspiracy to become more known across the culture. But, hey, it is what it is. Like, this is where we are with a bunch of things that probably we don't put stock in being the most popular conspiratorial themes of our time. But another reason I chose to get you on now is – that you suffered a fairly recent heart attack, and I'm sorry to hear that, but it seems like you've come out the other side. But I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this, because you experienced some things firsthand in regards to bumping up against the medical side of the B system, and I find these personal anecdotes to be really compelling for developing a broader worldview or a broader view of this area. Tell us about some of your experience there. Yeah, man, that's a
0: great question. I didn't expect it. Thanks for watching that video. I know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. now. Yeah, folks who didn't know it's been about six or seven months or so now, but I literally had a heart attack and it was right here where I'm talking in my living room. I had it right here. I've never had one before, so I didn't know what to expect. It started, I do live shows as well on my channel and two nights before this happened, I had done a live show and before I go live, I'll breathe in like 10 really deep breaths. I do this all the time before I click on and then I release and then I'm kind of ready to go, you know? So I did that. And then I suddenly felt a lot of pain in my chest that night and just kind of blew it off. Like I strained something, I did the show. Next day was fine. Second night at night, it kicks in again for a while. And I'm, I'm like, what is this? I don't know what this is. And it finally just went away. And then the third night, it kicked in and it didn't stop. And it literally had me in tears. Like, I mean, it was painful, man, and, Being a faithful type dude that I am, I'm praying. I'm saying, God, please take this away. And finally, I'm like, all right, look, if you don't make this go away, God, I'm calling 911 on myself. I literally had this conversation, and he didn't make it go away. Like, it got worse. And it literally felt like a hand made out of fire squeezing my heart as tight as it could. It was crazy. So I called 911 on myself. They showed up within five minutes. They were here in no time. Took me to the hospital. And that's when I found out I'd had a major heart attack. I'm only 47 years old and i have two stints now put in my heart 100 percent blockage in one and there's like 90 in the other it's crazy so now you're probably picturing comic book guy from the simpsons right now like i'm some 300 pound oaf you know that uh uh-huh. <laughs> never really gets off which simply isn't true you know I, that's the other thing it really shocked me i mean i've always taken care of myself thought i was in decent shape again i would never been obese or anything like that but but that's not it. So I found out in this whole process that it's genetics. I was adopted when I was a baby, so I know nothing about my genetics and that's what it was. So it was a genetic thing. And anyway, so now moving on beyond that. So they put me on like almost a dozen medications at first and everything was going, I guess, okay for the first month or so. You know, I was just trying to feel this out. I was watching what I eat, even more exercising and stuff, taking my medication. Then all of a sudden, man, I started getting really blue. And I'm typically real even kill. You know, I've never been, you know, up and down real easy. I've never been down very much at all anyway. And I was like, why am I feeling like crippling depression? Like didn't want to get out of bed. And then after a couple of days of feeling a lot of that, I started getting suicidal ideations. Like I started reasoning it out with myself in the mornings. I'd be like, you know, I've had a good run, man. I've done a lot in my life. I mean, I'd have this talk with myself. Because I just felt like I didn't want to be here anymore at all. I was just like, I'm I'm done. Yeah, man. I was just like, I'm so done with being here. And, you know, like I said, I kept saying, I've had a damn good run, dude. Like, I'm good, you know. The one thing that held me back, though, even the night I had my heart attack, like, honestly, even then, I kind of felt like I was okay to go. Like, I realized I'm not afraid to die. I don't welcome it. I'm not going to off myself, but I'm just not scared to die. And I feel I've done my job. And, you know, I was like, okay, if this is it, man, let's do it. But then I had a second thought that I, the other prayer that night was just don't let me go before my mother and father. That's all I ask because I like I'm the little light of their life. I'm not bragging like they're freaking cuckoo about me. You know what I mean? Hmm. So I don't want to go before them. So that helps. But anyway, so then like I said, a month later, I'm having these thoughts of just doing it. And I was like, I'm so done. Don't want to be here. I was crying. I would randomly start crying and stuff. And it just got really strange. So being an investigator and a researcher, I finally Figured it out. Like, let's look into these medications. Duh. And that's when I found that basically half of what I was taking causes suicidal ideation and depression. So it was very real for me then. I'm like, whoa. Okay. So I go back to the doctor and I told her, I was like, look, I, you know, this is doing this. This is causing that. She says, well, you need to be on all that. So here, let me go and put you on this too. So then they put me on Zoloft. They wanted me to be on this depression medication. Again, it's nothing I've ever taken in my life. I'll tell you, I took it for two weeks and then I quit because I did want to see what it felt like. Honestly, I was like curious. We talk about how bad this stuff is, but I wanted some firsthand experience. I'm like, well, now's my chance, so let's try it out mm. and see what it's like. And it made me a drone. You know, I felt like it really did numb me out. It took about a week for it to really start kicking in for me, but it numbed me out. Plus, I'd wake up at like 8 a.m., and by 11 a.m., I was ready to lay down again. It was just wiping me out, dude. But I went ahead and did it for a couple weeks. And then I quit that and I started doing Kratom. Have you ever heard of Kratom? I have. Yeah. Kratom's great, folks. If you have never heard of Kratom, look into All Natural. It's just an Asian, South Asian, I think, plant that's kind of crushed down and it's a powder form, and it is absolutely fantastic. There's different strains for different things. But I started taking that just to kind of take off the negative effects of the medication I was on, you know? So did that and kratom has been fantastic, non-addictive as well. In fact, a lot of people have used it to get off of opioids and heroin and things like that. So it's something to look into if you're not familiar with it. I love it. You know, I take like five tabs a day. That's all I need. You know, it keeps me going. So I did that. Then I was eating a keto diet the whole time. You know, I was all on keto because I'm also on the edge of a type 2 diabetes, right? I've had all these major health issues in the last five years. You know, the heart attack, and of course, I had a motorcycle accident a couple of years ago in Costa Rica is a whole other story. So it's been a really crazy few years as far as health and stuff goes. But so kratom has been great. The other stuff was whatever. I was doing all meat, but it was lowering my sugar. But my cholesterol was over 500, which is really bad if you all know about your numbers. So then several months ago, I completely changed my diet again. And now I'm doing a fully plant-based diet. No meat, no cheese, no eggs. I've cheated the last few weeks, like one day a week for one meal. I've had a little bit of meat, you know, which isn't too bad. But yeah, I tell you, man, it's been fantastic. I mean, this plant-based thing is great. And then also with the plant-based, I've stopped taking some of that medication they had me on and I feel great. My numbers are good. So we can actually heal ourselves through proper health, man, and exercise. It's really that simple. Mm -hmm. So that's been a really cool learning process as well. And I think that kind of covers that as far as like, you know, what happened there.
1: Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, that's definitely the stuff I was looking for you to get into, especially the depression and the bombardment of suicidal thoughts, because you read these reports, you know, these reviews from other people on these drugs, and they describe these internal conversations about suicide, these, I guess, voices compelling them to kill themselves And I wonder if you fold in a spiritual component to that, or if you think it's all completely chemical, because it starts to sound like possession or soul cracking for the masses, you know?
0: Oh, yeah, I do. I mean, sure, because look at how many of these people on K2 and Flocka and all this, they're acting like what we've seen biblically described as demons a lot of the time. So I certainly believe different pharmakia, you know, different kinds of medicine I'm not sure what it triggers exactly. I don't know the uh, physiology of it all. But to me, it obviously creates some kind of a portal. It allows this kind of stuff in. You can call it a dark entity, a demon, you know, whatever. But it allows this dark energy in. And then they act this stuff out. And this is where you've seen, and I've done a lot of videos on this in the past, because the mainstream media, anytime somebody, you know, starts growling like a monster, and they take all their clothes off, And they have superhuman strength, right? And stuff like this. People are like, man, they're on some crazy drugs. Mm -hmm. And they just leave it at that. But look at this. I can't remember his name, like Brendan Haruth or something. He was a young man down in Florida, went out to eat with his mom and dad, left dinner with them at this restaurant. On his way home, he wound up seeing a neighbor had their garage door open. It was a, a married couple, man and a woman, sitting out front in some lawn chairs, enjoying the evening. And this kid walks up on both of them and winds up killing them both. Eating parts of their flesh, mm-hmm. even eating the man's face off a little bit, right? So the cops come and get the kid, and as they're taking him in, he says, "You can test me for drugs. I'm not on anything." It's one of the first things he said. Now the media immediately, in the first few days, is all like, "Again, no, this guy was on the O.K. too. He was on Flock. It's drugs. It's drugs." You know, and sure enough, it turned out it wasn't drugs. And I've seen this time and time and time again. Mainstream always wants to blame drugs, where a lot of times they're not even on drugs, man. And that's where I'm telling you. I believe this is evidence of possession. Now, that's just the way I see it. And there's a lot of it, man. There's so much. The Vatican themselves are calling out for more exorcists. You know, there's tons of stories. You guys have seen it on my channel. I cover a lot of that. Tons of stories of this. And there's also a massive rise of witchcraft at the same time. All over the place. I just saw a clip the other day about Tom Brady. Have you seen this one where he's talking about Giselle, his wife? No, no. So he's talking about his wife, and this is like right around a couple days ago, man. I'll probably put it in a video myself here. But he uh, was talking about his wife during an interview, and he's like laughing and stuff. He's like, oh, my wife is a witch. He says, before every game, I have to do all these things. Like she makes him do rituals before all the games and stuff, and he has to do chants. I mean, he basically describes all these like witchcraft rituals Mm -hmm. he has to do. And he laughingly says his wife is a practicing witch. And we've seen a lot of this stuff coming out of Hollywood, this true rise of witchcraft, right? So, yeah, it's interesting that that's all rising. We see potentially a rise of demonic possession. We see the religions calling out for more exorcists. But even that is kind of a sham itself. I've covered this one as well. Why is it in every freaking movie or TV show I see, when someone's demonically possessed, the only person that can save them is a Catholic. Mm. It's always a priest or something, right? And if you follow the Bible at all or know anything about it, you know, a lot of people know the Bible and aren't even followers or believers. But if you know anything about the Bible, you know about deliverance. So it's one of the nine manifestations of the Holy Spirit. If you have the Holy Spirit within, you know, again, this is a teaching, if you're a follower of Christ, etc. Cetera, etc., cetera, and accept him, you have these nine manifestations. And one of those manifestations is you can take demons out of people, right? You can exercise people. I don't mean it sound like it's it ain't fast food drive through easy. I'm sure there's a process there, but still it is one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. But You know you wouldn't know that because of the movies and tv shows it's always a catholic it's always a priest same thing where these movies and tv shows predominantly the horror ones the devil always wins doesn't he the demon always Mm -hmm. wins you know you put a good fight the whole thing and you think it's over at the very end someone jumps up and they got red eyes or something you're like ah Mm -hmm. the demon's still there he won that's the other thing it's another part of that spiritual psyop is we're constantly told in movies and tv shows that the demons win the devil wins Evil wins. No reason to fight against it. You know, you see that?
1: Right. And I wanted to ask you this, because since the biblical topic is here, let's just get into it. You know, I guess my struggle is if the Bible is your manual, so to speak, how do you rectify the fact that nearly everything we have today is highly manipulated? And this book is thousands of years old, has been used by authorities at every time depth, translated over and over, edited by the priest class cabal at several points promoted by the Catholic Church and the Freemasons. I mean, it's nice to have some sort of life raft in all this darkness, but that just seems like a simple answer to me. It seems like they want us to cling to that. It seems like a, a false paradigm where maybe the truth is way different, has never been presented to us, and is way more complex than most people might think. I guess if that was such a useful tool, why would it be the best-selling book of all time? Why would it be everywhere?
0: Well, it's also the least read book of all time. That's actually the other side of it, which is true. It is the most popular book in the world, also the least read. You know, my first instinct and thought on all that, and thanks for bringing all that up, is that first off this, we have to start with a belief in God. So let's just go there. If we believe in God and we believe that Not like in the Demiurge, right, not this Gnostic stuff, because there's a lot of Gnostic stuff coming out now too, right? But if we believe in a God, and it must be a loving God, and this God loves its creation, right, then it's going to give us a direction, okay? And I totally get with the Bible's been rewritten and this and that, and there's different translations, and you got people, know, religious types will fight over the whole King James version. It's King James or nothing, brother. You know, meanwhile, King James was a Mason, so you have this side of it as well. (laughs) And trust me, man, I get into it too and see it. This is why I say and have said forever, and I've been through all this now. The quickest answer, the easiest answer, and I think most likely the truest to form is that if we believe in this God, right, then this Bible we have, no matter who wrote it, no matter who did a translation, no matter who did what, it is the inspired. Written word of God, no matter what, no matter where it came from, which hands were on it, which this, which that, because is God really going to allow man to alter ultimately what he wants man to know about himself? That's the big question, right? So I've always taken that approach that again, no matter who did this or who wrote that or who added this, and of course, you got they took the apocrypha out, right? Find it for yourselves. I say, look, you know, read the book of Mary, read the book of Enoch. There's great stuff out there, right? So I mean, it is complicated. It's not so simple. But for me, being in this so many years and with my mind already being as complicated as it can get, I've returned to some of the most simple messages of Jesus Christ himself from the Bible. And like I told you, you know, before, I can't quote scripture. I'm not the best with stuff like that. Doesn't mean I'm a bad guy. You know, the devil can quote scripture. Yeah, demons know scripture. I know what I need to know. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And that's just for me. Some people live by it, but I know what I need to know, and I follow it very simply. I come to God through Jesus Christ as a child. I have to go back to that innocence because I know, like you say, there's so many strange things with it and this and that. There's so many things we can't know in this, and it's hard to let go of. But that's where I finally had to fall back on the simplicity of a child. Mm -hmm. You know, I believe in God. I believe in the love of God. I believe in Jesus I believe his beautiful message, you know, so this is what I follow and I will come to him as a child, fully understanding there's some things the Bible even says we're not going to know and we can't know. Mm -hmm. So I kind of put it in that category as well. And man, I fully understand how that's not easy for most people to do. I get that. You know, I get those messages from people. I get those comments. I understand, but it's a personal thing for me and we're all on our own walk and I don't judge anybody where they're at, which church they are, which denomination. Look at that. There's 15,000 denominations of the Christian church in America. No wonder there's so much hatred and division and madness and craziness sometimes with religion. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I don't want to get too divisive. I mean, I w- there's other, you know, I like what you just said. There's things I want to say, but I'm going to bite my tongue because I don't want this to be. That kind of thing. Let's get to you mentioned Tom Brady and funny enough, he did win the Super Bowl. So maybe those rituals are working, but you do break down pop culture events really well, too. And these often are major opportunities for big public rituals. You got a lot of eyes there, a lot of energy. Why not use it? Well, we just got through the Super Bowl and the Grammys I'm just curious. Did you analyze these early events of 2019 for any hidden messages or occult symbolism?
0: I definitely watched. I watch all these, the Grammys. But you know, the thing is, man, that in fact, I did a video last year called What They Secretly Told You at the Grammys 2018. That's like at a million and a half views now, which is great. I'm not trying to be a view queen here, but it's always nice that a lot of eyes are getting on your work, you know? So I was happy about that. So I look every year, man. But for me, again, this goes back to where I'm Tired of seeing all these channels where everything's Illuminati this, it's Illuminati that. You got five videos a day or even a video a day about this stuff. And it's tiring. It can be exhausting for people, you know. And I think as time goes on, we lose the deeper meaning behind all this, like why it's important to see this stuff. Again, I believe part of it's we're breaking their spells. But, you know, if there's not enough in something, I'm not going to bother anymore. You know, I, I've always taken a quality over quantity approach. Mm-hmm. It's hard for me sometimes. I, I feel like I should be doing more all the time. but. You know what I put out, man, I put everything I've got into it. So and thank God I've built a nice following here and people know to expect when I drop a video. Usually there's you know, hopefully it'll be worth it. You know what I mean? It's not just a, hey look, guys, there's an Illuminati pyramid in this commercial I wanted to show you. You know, it's something worth seeing. So I did watch the Super Bowl, didn't see a lot in there, and then I watched the Grammys not too much in the Super Bowl though, as far as commercials go, I made a couple notes. Well, there is also the Cardi B performance at the end. Lots of purple, of course. You know, and then there's Saturn going back to Saturnalia, Satan with all that stuff as well. Saturnalia cults. If you guys aren't familiar with stuff like that, but it's also how she was just really literally playing like the horror, you know, on stage and you know, laying on the piano and spreading her legs wide open, you know, pointing her privates towards the audience. And this is mainstream, huge television, millions of views. It's just like, is this really where we're at now? You know, with stuff like this, it has been for a while. Yes. Yes. And then with the commercials on the Super Bowl, there was one, it was the Pepsi commercial. And I covered Pepsi a few years ago. They did something really interesting with their symbol. They changed the pattern to where it looks more like an all-seeing eye, okay? And they literally did this a few years ago. And along with that, they launched a bunch of commercials back then I covered where they're showing more of the so-called Illuminati symbolism or whatever, or beast system symbolism. But one of the easiest ones you can show your friends if you're new to all this stuff and just want to show them kind of the reality of how this works It's Taco Bell, man. I did one when I lived in Austin. I did one on Taco Bell many years ago. And if you look at it, look at the symbol. It's literally like an all-seeing eye with a serpentine slit inside of a six. Under each one of those bells, it's an actual six. And in the center of that six is a serpentine all-seeing eye. And on every Taco Bell building, there's three of those logos, two on the sides and one on the front. So you'll always have the six, six, six with the all-seeing eye of the devil or the beast system, if you will. And they're always in purple as well for Saturn and Saturnalia. Some of them will even have a little ridge above it that literally looks like the straight ridge above the eye of Horus, if you're familiar with that Egyptian symbol. So that's the point. That's an easy one for people. If you want to show someone how some of this works, that's how that works. Mm -hmm. This is how this system's manifesting. This shows us, to me, these corporate leaders, these are probably people who have been to the Bohemian Grove, I'm sure, right? birds of a feather. So they rain down from these high places, their satanic symbolism. And I've also said throughout the years, another reason it's important to see these is when you see that, to me, it's poison. It's like in the old cartoons, it'd be like a bottle with two or three X's on it, and that's poison, right? That's poison when I see that symbol. So mm-hmm. we don't eat at Taco Bell, you know? We don't purchase things from these companies. And that's the way I try to be about it, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, I don't deny the 666 component. It's out there. I mean, it's very strange that it's clearly in the Disney logo. It's clearly in the CERN logo. I mean, Fox breaks down to 666 and Fox is like everything. Fox Sports, you know, the the movie network, 21st Century Fox. It's It's a huge, huge conglomerate. And then also monster energy drink with (laughs) the hebrew 666 and then the other energy drink is rockstar that's a big pentagram so this stuff is very symbolically potent for sure and the only thing i wanted to say about those early 2019 ritual events was in the super bowl uh one thing i saw was we have a regular returning guest, Chris Knowles, who's been highlighting siren mermaid symbolism. Well, when Adam Levine went shirtless, one of his most prominent tattoos is of a big mermaid with wings holding a skull, covers his entire back. And after the Super Bowl, what was the image everyone was sharing is, oh, look at the shirtless dude. Like it was uh, something that they clearly wanted us to see, even though it really shouldn't have been a big deal. And then, I also thought it was interesting that we already know there's a lot of talk about cataclysmic cycles and this sort of end time stuff seems to be in the elite secret religion. So when I saw the big boy entrance and it was via a mock meteor strike right into the stadium, I thought that was weird because it's kind of like a summoning or an invoking of a meteor. Maybe I'm reading too much into it, but I thought that was pretty apocalyptically potent.
0: Yeah, that's a great observation. Yeah, I thought so too. Again, a very strange animation for them to have in, right? For what purpose? And even Adam Levine, there's a lot of things on his, all around his upper torso there. He's got the all-seeing eye, he's got the monarch butterfly, right, in one area. Even with that, I've done some videos on this and I feel, what I call it is, it's almost like a returning of the old gods. Because there's more than one God. People know this, right? Mm -hmm. Not everyone does, but there's multiple gods. It even talks about them in the Bible. So there's lots of different gods. You know, you can look back even on some of the things with the Greek gods are very interesting as well. Yeah. So we look at this and I'm seeing all these different stories I've found over the last few years. And again, I've posted a lot of these in videos. Pagan groups are rising again. There's new pagan temples being built all around the world right now. I've covered that as well. So we're seeing this kind of interesting return to the old ways. It's almost as if all the ancient gods are returning for Armageddon. That's the way I see it, you know, just a kind of a blanket statement, but that's the way I kind of see it. The unicorn symbolism, right? We have all these mythical creatures. All this stuff is coming back, right? We're even dealing with trolls on a worldwide level. We talk with trolls all the time, yeah? So all these mythical beings and creatures and these ideas and these ancient religions, I believe it's all coming together, you know, it's all pulling up. For the final end time spectacle, perhaps. Or, you know, maybe humanity is going to find a way to break through this and we'll keep it moving. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm not sure. You know, (laughs) I mean, some people want to believe that too. Okay, sure. But before we get there, there's going to be a lot of fighting to do because it's getting ugly. And the sides have been drawn. You can call it good versus evil, you know, wheat versus hare, goat versus lamb, you know, or whatever. But it's obvious to me too. I feel the side of humanity is really manifesting nothing but murder, darkness, and hatred.
1: Mm. Yes, man. And sometimes the easiest way to see the influence of culture shaping is to look at the youth. And you have done some videos where you show how the current youth is affected by the current culture, and it's disturbing. But even more <laughs> interestingly, you have also looked at celebrity kids. And I think this is really compelling because we know Hollywood is a dark place full of abuse, and cycles tend to continue. Uh it's weird, but can you give us some examples of the strangeness you're seeing either from just the millennial generation in general, or some things you've seen from celebrity kids that don't strike you as quite right?
0: Yeah, man, that's great synchronicity, you asking me this. I've got a couple of videos I'm working on, one about the Pope. The other one is called, right now, why are these celebrities destroying their children? Mm. So I'm actually working on them right now about a bunch of different celebrities. I had no idea there were so many, but they're raising their little ones gender fluid and things like this, right? Five years olds, six years olds. They're letting these children choose their own gender and things like this. So Hollywood is where a lot of the programming comes from. And this is why a lot of these people are programmed. You know, I believe that. And then they program us because unfortunately people love to worship idols. Yeah, so we've got celebrity worship is a big deal here in this country. And even along with that, Speaking of them being programmed and also going back to these award shows, I don't know if you saw this clip. I did a little video. I put it on my website a couple of days ago called Did Lady Gaga Just Have a MK Ultra Glitch or
1: Mind Control Glitch? <laughs> I did see that.
0: Yeah, dude. I mean, see things like this now. And then you got people want to say it's clones. The clone thing is very interesting to me as well. I need more. You know, that's a pretty big leap. You know, I need more on that. I see a lot of people just randomly saying everybody is a freaking clone, right? Uh Eh, And if they're not a clone, they're a tranny. We got the transvestigations where you got people thinking everybody's a transsexual out there Uh in Hollywood, yeah? So that's where a lot of this stuff to me just kind of starts, you know, blurring the lines and stuff. And we see this a lot anyway. And like I said, with this transvestigation thing, it's very interesting because I firmly believe that Michelle Obama is Michael. Go back and even look at that picture of Michelle next to the other three Illuminati songstresses they just had at the Grammys, and she's a freaking giant. I mean, she looks like a linebacker, you know, seriously.
1: (laughs) I hear people saying that, and it is possible, and it's a little interesting in that TMZ kind of way, but it always feels a bit uncomfortable. Obviously, I do get the whole occult aspect of the unification of opposites, and that's definitely in the cards of the (laughs) transhumanist stuff, but I prefer to use an example like Celine Dion's clothing line, right? I mean, yes. that was clearly out of place and obvious it's huge. And when it comes to something like Obama. I care more about the lack of accountability for the bank bailout theft, the drone strikes, the crimes and the things that relate to the ways were kept down in this Rockefeller Rothschild debt based system rule. <laughs> but when it comes to who he's partnered with, I mean, why does that matter? Why should I care about what's under that dress?
0: I got a good answer for you. That's a great question. Here'd be my answer. Look at everything else happening as far as transgenderism is right now. It's truly on the rise. Like we even have this. Desmond is amazing, and lactatia. We have little children now who are doing this kind of stuff, and we're seeing this all around, man. We're seeing uh, gender fluidity, all this stuff being pushed. The attacks on cis males or whatever, and cis females, or you know, traditional family and all this going out the door. Everything's changing, man. Sexuality is changing. It's all. Morphing. Michelle Obama has literally worn Baphomet dresses. I've shown this where she's had dresses with the form of Baphomet literally on the front of it. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. So here's why I think a lot of people think that it matters is there's also lots of interesting ideas and things out there on Obama potentially being the actual Antichrist. Now I know you've probably heard this one before. I know it's really hard for people to believe who don't even believe in this kind of stuff. But, you know, there's that. I've seen people say maybe he's just doing this stuff on purpose and acting out the Bible, perhaps, because he's definitely done some of that. They put him on a donkey in Israel and they've done a lot of this imagery. They had him reading certain Psalms, I guess, where he's proclaiming himself to be God. I mean, they do this stuff, okay? But then there's other things. I mean, there's deeper things. There's a lot of interesting things around Obama connected to 666, his own name, lightning, you know, falling from heaven as Satan in the Bible. I mean, all this stuff. So, wouldn't that be one of the. Craziest things if we're literally looking at the man who will be revealed as the Antichrist, Barack Hussein Obama, and he's literally married to a Baphomet. And this is why we have all of this gay stuff like on the rise right now being weaponized. Same thing. I don't care person to person what you do. Like it's up to you. You got your own path to be on. I wish you well. I hope you find God. I hope you find Christ, all this other stuff. Yeah, but you know, it's not my concern. I'm not the
1: sin pointer here. We all have our own things to deal with, and that's fair enough. But yeah, I mean, you know, sorry to interrupt you. I hear what you're saying, and it could be a subconscious conditioning. The Baphomet motif was around long before I was. So if it looks like they're trying to invoke that, it's definitely worth noting. I wouldn't want to ignore it. And I've seen enough data to suggest there's likely an agenda here, even just to say that the chemicals and poisons put into the culture seem to have reproductive effects, also even maybe psychological effects as well that relate to sexuality. I wouldn't ignore that either. Maybe we got a little soft depopulation going around, and we got to be able to talk about it, because if we're too uncomfortable to get into it, that's, of course, a sweet spot for tipping the needle wherever they might want. You know, they'll be halfway through an agenda before we figure out how to have a conversation. But on an individual level, I just, man, I can only imagine how much harder it would be to be transgender or even gay. And then I wouldn't really want to be hearing this because it already seems like a much harder life. So I just want to be empathetic and supportive to individuals who have maybe more difficulty getting by than some of the rest of us. I know it is a real fine line, but I guess I just wanted to say that because this can be just really thorny stuff, man, you know, quite thorny.
0: Greg, it can be. I mean, hey, did you hear my interview the other night? I did an interview with a lady that transitioned to male and then back to female again. I did see that that
1: was there. I saw the headline
0: for it. Yeah, Yeah, check it out sometime. It's exactly what we're talking about. And I think it was really needed, man, because I mean, it shows that we should also have sympathy for these people. Yes, you know, I yes. see people making videos on this stuff and they're hateful. Like, look at this freak, you know, and stuff yeah, like that. That's and not dude, right. that, that's not helping anybody. So we need some understanding. But I think it's a spiritual thing, in my opinion. Darkness rising in that respect. A lot of uh, delusion being spread. A lot of deception and lies. And I feel like more and more, that's why I've said before that, in my opinion, after all the years of looking at everything I've looked into, and even being a very non-religious person, I can tell you, my belief is that Jesus, the real Jesus, Yeshua, okay, which you have to find, but he's what's at the end of all these rabbit holes. We can go through the rabbit hole all day long, but at the very end, to me, it's Yeshua. That's just me. And it's the truth of this God-devil situation. Again, this is how I kind of see all of it together. I know a lot of your viewers may not see it that way. I appreciate your open mind as well. But again, you know me and you know my work. I don't force this on people. I'm not forcing religion on anybody or anything like that. But I have to share my views, man. For years, I never did share my spiritual views. But then I started feeling very guilty, Greg, because the stuff I show people can be freaking terrifying if you're not used to it. I mean, believe me, I've seen this. And I've seen it even my own family and some friends looking at me like a ghost. I'm like, you believe this? You know, it's like, yeah, let me show you more, you know. So I know I'm doing this on a mass level. So for a while, man, I started feeling really guilty. It's like, I'm showing people some of the most horrific things I can show anybody, and then I'm not giving you any answers. Hmm. It's like, here, look at all this evil. Hey, look at this darkness. And then I walk away. It's not fair. So I figured I need to start bringing up my faith and the way I see things, because I feel like that's the answer at the end of the day. But just saying, look, this is me. You know, I'm not a preacher, pastor, or priest. I'm not into preaching. I'm not evangelical. I'm still on my own spiritual walk and trying to understand God in a bigger way. And treat him more as a friend. You know, I can speak to every day and everything. Yeah. Mm. So I don't feel the right to be shaking my finger at people and saying, look at your sin. Mm -hmm. You know, (laughs) you need to do this. But anyway, I'm rambling. I hope that's all right.
1: No worries. So on the religious subject, in another clip, I thought this was pretty interesting. You talk about the way angels have been depicted over time and how today – They are sexualized in the culture as beautiful, naked, winged women, you know, the whole Victoria's Secret thing. (laughs) But the original descriptions of what angels are do not sound like that at all. Things like wheels within wheels of eyes, an eagle, lion, man, four-headed monstrosity. They don't even sound humanoid. And uh, I just found that to be really compelling. It almost sounds demonic.
0: Yeah, man, that's interesting. In fact, I've got only one tattoo, and I got it when I was in the military many years ago, actually in San Diego. We went out there for a thing called rough trade we did with the Navy. I was in the Coast Guard. So you probably familiar with that. There's a big Mm -hmm. naval yard out there. And I got my one tattoo, and it's literally a beautiful woman, an angel on my right shoulder. And that's before I was ever really awake and understood about all this. So I fell for it too. Yeah, you're right, man. This idea that angels are, you know, These beautiful angels with big boobies and beautiful eyes and all this, it's not like that. They're absolutely horrific. I mean, people freaked out in the Bible when they saw these things. I don't wish to see stuff like this. you know. (laughs) I don't want to see things like that. But isn't that interesting, though? It's just another example of how little people really know about the truth. You know what I mean?
1: Cheers to that, man. I totally agree. And (laughs) (laughs) I like to think that You and I are on the same page despite some differences. That's life, right? We all have uh, little differences, and I appreciate the threads that you do pick up. This has been a lot of fun. Clearly, a lot of odd stuff is happening out there, and I'm sure you'll keep cataloging it as long as you can. Before we go, do remind the people of your links and anything they might need to keep up with and support your work if they might be interested. Hey, thanks so much, man. That's
0: great. So I have a YouTube channel called the scariest movie ever, lucky enough, blessed enough, whatever, to have almost half a million subscribers there, which is nice. I also have a website called Who is KJ Osborne? Osborne with a Z. And I do some videos there, which is things that YouTube would slap me more for. But I put stuff over there, more uh, footage and stuff like that from other areas, other media. I can create videos of there. I make music videos over there, too. Covering a plethora of things. So just check it out. It's just kind of my art project. And on my YouTube channel, I do KJ's What Happened every Tuesday night, which is a look back on the stranger news throughout the week. I sometimes do Catching Up with KJ, where we just chat. And I'm actually working on a brand new show with a few super friends right now. I've got Dana Ashley, it looks like, Benny Willis from Joy Camp, Mm. and Jay Dyer on board so far. So we're going to be starting this show pretty soon where it's just a panel of people discussing different topics of the day. I think that'll be fun. And that's it, man. And guys, thanks so much for keeping an open mind. And Greg, thank you so much, man, for inviting me on. I love your work. Same thing. We don't have to all be robots and believe everything the other one does. I love that we can have these discussions and keep an open mind, you know? So thank you.
1: You got it, man. Nuance is life. So I have had a great time. It's been a pleasure. Keep doing what you do and take care out there.
0: All right. Thanks, man. I'll see
1: Sweet Jesus, Ironside chatters, the man behind the scariest movie ever, K.J. Osborne, the old plan for the new man, the beast system, and the spiritual battle. I will be honest, the requests to re-examine the big conspiracy through the more Christian side of the spiritual lens have been stacking up. Thought it was time we did one for you guys, and so we did. I think KJ is a good pick for me because of how he uses those mainstream clips to make his point, and I think that's the way to do it. Plus, I'm liking these interviews with folks where we have one foot in the same circle and one foot in different circles. Whether it's space weather with differences on how to view the elite, or the same view of the elite with a difference in spiritual interpretation... I think it's not only a little more challenging to craft a good interview and weave between the similarities and the differences, but I'm just on this theme right now where we need to talk to people who see things a little bit differently. I mean, not entirely differently. We don't need Don Lemon or Sean Hannity here, but folks who have, like I said, a nice Venn diagram style overlap, but maybe not a 100% alignment. The only other thing I wanted to say is that there sometimes is this idea where some of those more conservative conspiracy researchers make it seem like our culture is moving towards one big transgender orgy, that this is made to look appealing or it's being glamorized and there is more than enough material to understand why some people have that perspective. I am not going to try to debate it. I, of course, understand the esoteric implications, too. But the one thing is, and I'm sure KJ would agree with me here. But meanwhile, I know there are young people who try to commit suicide all the time because of how hard it is just to be in that minority position. Obviously, the elite don't care, but I don't want someone having a tough time to hear one of my shows and somehow their tough time is made worse, you know? That is the opposite of what we're trying to do. So it's a tough thing to be open to talking about anything, which I am, and also trying to think about every person who might be listening and making sure that they know that I just want everybody to be happy, but also aware of life's unfairness, ways in which we're manipulated, and how to navigate life with a better map than you get from most other places. Kind of related, but I did also want to have that antidepressant conversation. I'm glad that happened. Just before we recorded this, a comedian, Brody Stevens, had committed suicide. And apparently he wasn't taking his medication or there was a lapse in his insurance and he couldn't get it. I really don't know. But the whole thing was just fresh in my mind. I knew KJ had some similar experiences in that realm. I also still have a lot of the things that Annette and Patrick Jordan said on the brain. So I'm glad that got some time. I do like and appreciate KJ's work. I'm also partial to naming the overarching conspiracy. Things like the octopus of global control or the beast system. I really do think so many industries and sectors work so synergistically as to almost give the whole game away. How could there not be an overarching agenda, you know? But in Higher Side News, we have a joint session coming up on the 20th, 7 p.m. Pacific. I changed it from the 25th because that is my birthday. So come join me on the 20th. And I'm also sure Plus People have probably seen the notice, but we have had a little snafu with the Plus People's access due to the new system and a resetting of everyone's access to the date of that port. It didn't affect the payment system or your payment cycle, but the access system got a bit unaligned from the payment system, and I spent about six hours yesterday manually updating every member, and I think we're 99% back to normal. Anyway, if you have access issues at this point, email me and I will take care of it. It's been a long time since we really had any issues. They all used to be server-related, but thanks to someone who had reached out to me from Being a listener, he helps me all the time, and those issues have been solved. But this subscription management software that I had been using, it stopped being compatible with the latest WordPress update, so I had to make a switch. And I wish it went a little smoother, but that's what I get for making a big change in the window of Mercury Retrograde. I pretty much brought it on myself. Expect nothing to go smoothly when you do that, right? And as frustrating and anxiety-inducing as it was for me, I guess I'm going to start talking about another change coming to THC really soon, and that is a big website overhaul and a combining of the HiresideChats.com and the HiresideChatsPlus.com and probably the HigherSideClothing.com because why not? Nobody else is working out there with three different domains and three different websites. It's weird. It's something an amateur does. And of course, the old motto, if it's not broke, don't fix it. I hear you. But the problem is, I've had some techie people inform me about this thing where Google will delist you from search engines if you do what they interpret as a private blog network. Posting the same content on different websites, that's a big no-no. Because they'll view it as trying to game the system of search results. And if they ding you, There really is no appeal process. You're just kind of done. And believe it or not, it's quite important that when people search for the best conspiracy podcast, they find me. And it's also ultimately just a better practice for a web-based business. And since I plan to be around for a long time, we're going to rip that Band-Aid off and get everything under one umbrella. I also have issues, small things, like all the time. One example would be that people will say... Hey, I thought you had X on the show, but I don't see it in the Plus Archive. It's like, oh, well, you have to go back to the Free Show Archive before there was Plus. It's on an entirely different website. Yada, yada. You get it. Either way, I have some talented folks who are going to build this out. And I told them we cannot disrupt Plus members like at all or the whole thing is not worth it. And I also don't want to disrupt the RSS feeds of the free listeners. So they're going to try to make everything as smooth as possible, but it's just time. I built what we have now myself with limited knowledge, and I'm proud of it, but to have a professional rebuild after all this time, it's going to be really nice. I think I earned it. It's my birthday present to myself, making the whole system better for everyone, and I'm going to feel like a real grown-up professional. I'm getting into my mid-30s. It's probably time for that, too. Then I'll never change anything ever again. But I just wanted people to be aware that that is coming in the next month or so. And with that said, big thanks to KJ for sharing his perspective with us and walking us through a lot of his work and experiences. I do appreciate it. Check out his YouTube channel. I don't think you'll be disappointed if you liked this show. And I got some big, big episodes coming very soon. I recorded at least two episodes serious home runs that I think you're really going to like and will be out in the next two or three episodes, but until then, I've done my part. Your move, wagers of spiritual warfare, satanic indoctrinators, and beast system implementers. Your fucking move.
2: You know the plan has always been to hack your brain just trying to drive you insane They'll explode your heart if they think that's what it takes You think I'm answering the phone, well I ain't You gotta keep the curtains drawn Cause you don't want anyone thinking you're at home Well you're not, you should tape the mail slot And baby if I seem withdrawn Let me say it's cause I just don't wanna go and get whacked Maybe you should know that The trauma affects you like it does everyone It's just the game plan, it's what the world's become They want a pat down and a swap Don't you see what's going on? Well, now you know You're better keeping on your own Cause you can see the masters lie too much Oh baby, you can only trust yourself And if you think the system's out of touch It is and you can only trust yourself I hope you know the elite aren't your friends They'll suck out everything from you in the end And if for some reason you think I might be wrong I wonder where you got that opinion from You gotta keep the curtains drawn Cause you don't want anyone thinking you're at home Well you're not You should tape the mail slot And baby if I seem withdrawn Let me say it's cause I just don't wanna go and get whacked Maybe you should know that The trauma affects you like it does everyone It's just the game plan, it's what the world's become A down and a swap, don't you see what's going on? Well now you know, you're better keeping on your own Cause you can see the masters lie too much Oh baby you can only trust yourself And if you think the system's out of touch It is and you can only trust yourself Small, Or maybe they aren't registering at all Now they know you're naive and vulnerable You won't believe all of the stunts that they'll pull Cause you can see the masters lie too much Oh baby, you can only trust yourself And if you think The system's out of touch It is and you can only trust yourself Cause you can see the masters lie too much Oh baby, you can only trust yourself And if you think the system's out of touch It is and you can only trust yourself